0: Well, this morning we're at 1 Kings chapter 2, just looking at the first four verses of that chapter this morning. So if you have a Bible, do turn with me, 1 Kings chapter 2, and we'll read the first four verses. First Kings chapter 2 verse 1. this is God's word. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon his son, saying, "I'm about to go the way of all the earth. be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, If your son pays close attention to their way to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Well, Solomon is now on the throne, which of course is a great privilege. And with that comes a great responsibility. David wants his son to have a good reign and so he offers Solomon counsel to ensure he will have a long and secure reign. Our question this week and next week will be, how is the kingdom to be made secure? How is the kingdom to be made secure? There are two main answers from 1 Kings 2. The first we will consider this morning and the second we will consider next week. So the first answer, how is the kingdom to be made secure? And the answer is by obeying the law of God. It is almost David's time to die. Verse 1, when David's time to die drew near he commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I am about to go the way of all the earth. Now, David here is stating the obvious. He is saying, I am going to die like every other person that has ever lived. And it's a good reminder to us that death is inevitable. And actually, it will do us good to pause For a moment and consider these words, I am about to go the way of all the earth. It has been said that death is a great leveler and of course that is true. Death is no respecter of persons. No matter how wealthy or poor you may be, no matter how little or great an influence you have had on this world, even no matter how good or bad you may have been, death comes to all without distinction. And at this time it was King David's time to die and with his death came the end of an era. It was a good era for God's people. I am sure there was a sense of disbelief as David died, even a sense of anxiety. How will we manage without his leadership? When Queen Elizabeth died, she was the only monarch that most of us knew, and yet despite her age, there was still a sense of disbelief that she had actually passed from this earth and would no longer be queen. My grandmother on my dad's side, she passed away in her 90s, And so in one sense, it wasn't a huge shock to us because of her age. But yet there was still part of me that felt she would always be here. Part of me felt she would just keep going. She had enjoyed good health into her 90s. She always lived independently. She did have suspiciously brown hair. um, But she was the last of eight siblings and spouses on her side, and she was the last of 14 siblings, and spouses on my grandfather's side. So when she passed, it really felt also like the end of an era. Now, of course, it was silly to think that anyone will just keep going. But somehow, we always seem surprised by death, don't we? I heard a statistic during the week that... um, 40% of people within the UK make a written will. Now that doesn't add up, does it? Because 100% of people in the UK will die. Now I don't believe it's because people don't care about their money and possessions and what happens to them, because of course we care far too much about that. But I believe it's because we don't actually believe death will come king david here is about to die like everyone else before him and like everyone else after him and as he dies he wants to ensure the future security of the kingdom you see it's often in death that we see what is truly important in life it often takes death to allow us to know how to live properly now. Well, let's look at what David says, the second part of verse 2. David says, be strong and show yourself a man. Well, the translation says simply, be strong and be a man. This same phrase is used in 1 Samuel 4, verse 9. And there in 1 Samuel, the Philistines, they are preparing to capture the Ark of the Covenant before Israel. And the Philistines have realized there is a God in the camp of Israel. And so to encourage each other for battle, they say, Take courage and be men. And that day, 30,000 men of Israel died. Now, that just helps us to see the kind of strength that David is telling Solomon he needs for this task. And yes, Solomon may require a lot of physical strength and stamina, but what David is saying here is much more than that. This isn't man up, toughen up, and don't cry. Look at what he says, verse 3. He says, be strong, show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walking in his ways, and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. David is dying here and what he most wants to impress on Solomon is obedience to God's law as set out by Moses. David was not the perfect father But he's got this completely right here. David does not tell Solomon to go and ensure he gets the best military he can. He does not tell him to make um, clever alliances or savvy trade agreements. But he tells Solomon to obey the Lord. Solomon is to strengthen up and man up for spiritual war. David has said Solomon, if you want a lasting and a secure reign, then obey the Lord. Now God had already made this very clear through Moses. Deuteronomy seventeen, verse eighteen. <coughs> God says to his people, when a king sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law, and it shall be with him, and he shall read in it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them, That his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment, either to the right hand or to the left, so that he may continue long in his kingdom, he and his children in Israel. Now, David's charge to Solomon here is very similar to leaders before him as they approached death. We think of Moses. As Moses approached death and hands over to Joshua, he assures Joshua that God will be with him and will fight for his people. And Moses says in Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. And then he says, assemble the people that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to do all the words of this law. Be strong and courageous and obey the Lord. God himself said to Joshua, Joshua 1.6, again, <coughs> be strong and courageous, for ye shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand that you may have good success wherever you go. And too, as Joshua approaches death, he charges Israel to serve the Lord in sincerity and faithfulness. The most pressing issue for those called to lead God's people is obedience to God's words. We read on verse 4. So Solomon is to keep God's command. That the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, If your son pays close attention to their way to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Now, when I read this, the first thing I'm thinking is, did God not make an unconditional promise? We think back to 2 Samuel 7, God's covenant with David. And God says to David through Nathan, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me, your throne shall be established forever yet here in 2nd kings there seems a condition if your son walks before me in faithfulness you shall not lack like a man on the throne of israel so there appears to be an unconditional element and a conditional element so what is unconditional and what is conditional? Well, I believe what is unconditional is God's promise that a descendant of David would be completely faithful to God's law, fulfilling Deuteronomy 17, and so would establish a secure and an eternal kingdom. This descendant, of course, is Jesus Christ, who himself went the way of all the earth, who himself died, experienced death. Paul tells us in Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death. Now, this descendant, Jesus Christ, had not sinned, but in obedience to God, became obedient to death even death on a cross not for his own sin but for the sin of every king before and after him and indeed every person before and after him who would put their trust in him now death could not hold this king jesus for he rose to life again proving the kingdom of god really was Established and secure forever. So that's the, the unconditional element to God's promise. I believe the conditional element to God's promise is the extent to which David's other sons would experience the blessing of God's promise. so when they were obedient to god they would know blessing and enjoyment and experience security isn't that what psalm 1 says blessed happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The man who is obedient to God prospers, thrives, is Firmly rooted. As we read on, many of us know the story. Solomon did not remain faithful to the Lord. He turned from the commands of God. And the result was anything but stable. The kingdom was split, eventually exiled and became no more. But God's promise still stands in his greater Son, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus taught, I believe, the very same principle in the Sermon on the Mount, and we studied this in some detail before Christmas. Jesus says in Matthew 7, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house Upon a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And then everyone, in contrast, who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sands. Again, the rain fell, the floods came up, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Where is your security in life and death? You see, here's another statistic. 100% of people in this room this morning, will go the way of all the earth. That is, we will all experience death because of sin. The only security you have is in Jesus Christ, who died himself, but rose again, conquering sin and death. You see, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ Christ our Lord. That is God's unconditional promise. But if we want to know and experience the blessings of the kingdom here and now, if we want to know security in the kingdom here and now, then we must be obedient to God's words. Just plain, simple Obedience. So we think about applying this and we think firstly individually. If you want to feel secure in the kingdom of God, then be obedient to God. So the more we sin, the more uncertain we are of our salvation. And the more unstable we will feel. So we sin. We we can think then, am I really in the kingdom of God? Is God's promise really true in my life? Now we're not talking about being perfect here. But as we have a desire for obedience, as we show obedience over time, it doesn't happen in an instant, and as we feel sorrow when we don't show obedience, that is proof to us that God's promise is in fact true in our lives. Our sanctification will be our greatest assurance of our justification. That is, our obedience to God's word will be our greatest assurance that we are in fact, in the kingdom of God. If you ever get into bed at night and lay awake thinking of something that you said or did that you knew wasn't right during the day and it just niggles you and it robs you of sleep. Solomon himself said in Proverbs 3, that when we walk in obedience to God through the day, then when we lie down, our sleep will be sweet. Now, I've never lay awake thinking of all the right things I've done. See, the way to rest in your bed at night is obedience to God through the day. Now, take a moment and speak to men this morning because 1st Kings 2 gives us a picture of and a call to proper manhood and we see here that manhood is defined by courage and character Man, your true strength will be seen in your obedience to God I don't care what your skills or achievements or your popularity or anything else is, true manhood is being strong in obedience to God. Surely we need the same summons today. Be strong and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. I mentioned our men's group a couple of weeks ago how encouraging that group is i believe in that group we see real manly strength that is men striving together to be obedient to the lord and i simply want to encourage us all to keep striving in that together We think in the home, the way to a secure family life is obedience to the Lord. Again, men, you have been called to a position of leadership. Be strong. Show yourself a man in the home through godly character. Character. I mean, no marriage will feel secure through disobedience to God. No marriage will feel secure, of course, through unfaithfulness, but it won't feel secure through anger or bitterness or holding a grudge or anything else like that. Show yourself a man through faithfulness, kindness, forgiveness parents called to lead your children, how can you give your children a secure upbringing? Through obedience to the law of God. Parenthood, it's about godliness. It's about showing children what life is truly about. Two main calls to parents in the bible first deuteronomy 6 hear o israel the lord our god the lord is one you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and these words that i command you today shall be on your heart teach them diligently to your children talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Ephesians 6. Bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The most pressing issue in parenting is obedience to the Lord. You may laugh at this, but I worried about my ability to be a parent, particularly to boys, because I was no good at sport or DIY. I had somehow told myself that these were pressing matters. What a secular nonsense. What is most pressing in parenting? It's not training children to be sports people or intellects or musicians or anything else, but... What is most pressing is training them in godliness and what life is all about. Show them in your own life what godliness is. To show them repentance when you are not godly and to show forgiveness and grace over and over again. And we perhaps could apply all of that to any of us who are involved. Here in working with children now as you know by now we mark 50 years of Craigavon Baptist Church this year we know the church in times gone by have experienced unsettling unstable times but as we live together in the present and as we look to the future how can we know security by obedience to the word of god security for the local church will not come through careful planning or wise strategizing it will not come through an abundance of skillful and talented people it will not come through finances but it will come through obedience of God's people. So hear the word of God today. Be strong. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Let us pray.